your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host and mother of a recovering child with autism, Betsy Hicks. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Betsy and her guests illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Betsy Hicks. Hello, everybody. Welcome today. Now, when parents begin their journey through autism, there is a necessary need that goes beyond monthly support groups and doctors and therapy appointments. The need is for the parents to be given the tools to assist their children on a healing path. Uh, a nurse that we have today, Pam Farrow, is a unbelievably specializing in the treatment of autism in children with developmental disabilities. She has this great center in Massachusetts that she's going to be talking about today, but she is working to make a bigger center where it's going to provide more of the support that we're speaking of today, and that is what what can we do to support these parents as well as where are we bringing these children in the future. Pam will talk to us about um, how we can start preparing for these adults and how we can support them with jobs and housing opportunities. Pam, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, you're very welcome. I, I have to tell our audience today, I've just met Pam, um, she was referred to be on the show by um, my friend Terry Aranga, who runs Autism One. And I always know when uh, Terry sends somebody my way that <laughs> you know, Terry knows my I have certain criteria, and I, you know, I'm all about natural. I'm all about diet. I'm all about supporting the body and not um, filling it with a bunch of chemicals. So I was so delighted to be able to talk to Pam because it's always so refreshing to me that there are other people in other parts of this country who have these same beliefs. And uh, Pam, so thank you, first of all, for doing what it is you do because I know you help a lot of, a lot of adults and children that way. Um, but I'd like you to first start to talk about your center because this is a really big thing and this is something that really is going to be the role model for so many other different, the groundbreaking um, ways of, of working with autism in the future. Can you talk about what you're, what you're funding, working to fundraise right now? Sure. I'm a parent of a child with autism and the co-founder of Hopewell Associates. It's a nurse-owned uh, private practice, and we specialize in biomedical treatments. And in 2002, we established a 501c3 nonprofit agency to provide educational and recreational and social opportunities for children with autism. Uh, basically, we were trying to meet the need of the children who could not integrate into a typical camp situation. And so we set up an eight-week program that we designed for children with autism and then integrated typical peers into the program, and it was highly successful. Um, but about a year ago, uh, many wonderful people responded to the request to come together to plan a complete active treatment center for children and also meaningful work opportunities for adults. Um, I often uh, do some speaking engagements talking about dietary interventions, um, and it was be you know, be becoming uh, well-known that families, although they wanted to introduce a new diet to their children, they just didn't know how to do it. And so the center that we'll develop uh, will have two main goals. 
The first will be to provide um, biomedical treatment for young children so that families can come and live on site for a week. Uh, so not only will we be able to initiate the dietary interventions for the children, but we will also have a comfortable, peaceful environment for families to learn all the things that they need to learn that it took most of us about, you know, eight to ten years to learn. We have a solid board of directors. Most of our board of directors are uh, families of children with autism and attorneys and physicians and nurses uh, as well. And uh, what we're doing right now is starting the process of writing protocols, uh, you know, in retrospect, what could have we used uh, when our child was three? Sure. Of course, there are so many issues, not only um, establishing you know, special diets for children, uh, but also um, things like your basic health and financial and legal services and family relationships and what to do about siblings. Um, so we'll put together those protocols to give families in a week's stay at, um, at the Gottschall Center. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be an amazing. Yes, we're already getting, I talked a little bit about it uh, at the last conference, and we, we are already getting um, emails for families who think, you know, the scent is already up and going. I mean, oh. we're fundraising to, uh, to uh, you know, we're, we're hoping that it's up in two years. But um, there are so many families. I met some families from, um, you know, all over the world, including South Africa. Wow. Uh, and, of course, the, you know, once families find out that their children will do better if they uh, could get them to eat a certain way and take some nutrients, you know, they're thrilled to hear that information, but overwhelmed with, you oh, know, yeah, right. of actually doing it in a child who's eating two foods or who the parents are so overwhelmed fighting the school system or they have a child who's screaming most of the day. And so what we wanted to uh, develop is a peaceful environment uh, where we could teach those protocols and at the same time have the families right on site to do cooking lessons and talk about health. Um, because we're interested in treating the family as a whole, you know, and Beautiful. including the moms who are probably deficient in B vitamins as well, right? Because of the stress <laughs> and digestive enzymes associated with things. things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. But the most um, exciting part that we're going to tackle first is for this generation of children, and my son is soon to be uh, 17. And so the families in this area that have teenagers uh, started to really look at what's next for our children. At this point, there are no provisions for homes there, at least in Massachusetts. There are no provisions for continuing their education, and uh, there are no provisions for jobs. These are mostly children who have been uh, through the regular school system, and in many cases, although people like to talk about uh, inclusion, uh, (laughs) you don't really – I mean, I've grown up in the adult services way before – um, I had uh, children, um, and way before I had my, my son with autism, I grew up in the field. So I know what's out there in terms of adult services, and it's not great. And with the economy, I think that parents cannot um, depend on the uh, state uh, to figure this out. We have to join together as parents once again, like, like people did initially when our children were younger and developed schools and those sorts of things. Right. We need to, you know, join together again to think about, okay, what about the environment for these children and what could we uh, put in place where they would have a peaceful environment to contribute to society? Because these are bright, beautiful people that have something to co- contribute. 
Um, they just don't have the opportunity to do it as of yet. Yes. So what we're going to create is organic gardening and farming. Awesome. But also, so, and let me say a little bit about, about that. Um, when children who are following specialized diets reach uh, teenage years, um, many parents start to realize, I mean, it's different with a two- or three-year-old, that <clears throat> the special diets cause uh, some, some significant uh, uh, social problems. Um, and it can be very socially isolating uh, that you may not be able to participate in a pizza party or you're not riding around in the car stopping at local ice cream shops, right. those sorts of things. I mean, when you start to realize that lots of things happen around food and why don't we just develop a place where um, everything on site uh, is good for everybody. And so not only does it... Will the healthful sort of diet uh, be a main focus for um, adults with autism? But we're also going to uh, put together programs for business and operations employment. We're talking about 50 acres of land and organic gardening and farming um, and maybe um, a center for uh, a coffee shop. <laughs> and so all of the jobs that will come naturally with running that sort of facility so business and operations, computer work, shipping and receiving, those sorts of things. Um, but another exciting component that we're um, putting in place is college and employment preparedness. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't expect that uh, some children who come on the site to work uh, will always stay there. And so we're going to have a preparedness program for the children who would like to further their education, whether or not they're significantly impacted by their autism. So I'm just not talking about children who sort of, you know, been diagnosed with Asperger's. I mean, I'm, I'm not a believer in uh, higher functioning and low functioning. I'm not a believer in that. I believe that some children just have a better ability to tell you what's in their head and what they know. Um, so uh, we're joining forces with a uh, brand new uh, foundation called uh, Autism Higher Education. And the first pilot program is starting in October. And there will be two paths. One will be for music and one will be for um, uh, some courses at a local university with lots of support around that. So there will be modifications of the curriculum and, um, you know, some Ph.D. people involved with actually modifying that curriculum and graduate students involved with um, helping the, um, the colleges uh, figure out how best to teach children with autism. You know, that, that's it right there is, is the colleges to figure out because, um, and you said you, you've actually been working with somebody who's kind of like working on this path already because to know that the best jobs for them and to create this because this, it, it can be done because you are yes. so right and that they're so intelligent. Um, now, the agricultural part of it really intrigues me the most because I do have an organic farm, and my goal is to have my son learn um, how to work the farm and work on the farm. And what a wonderful um, job for so many of the children with autism now that are going to be growing into adults that love to be outside, right. that need to stay away from as much chemical exposure as they possibly can, that um, really get grounded from the earth right. and um, to be able to, and, and, and we have such a need, we have such a desperate need for organic farmers in this country. So it really is, to me, that that's a huge passion of mine. And I'm, I'm in the state of Wisconsin where agriculture is very big and um, 
we we are actually number two of, of organic farming in the country. Um, so that's it's, terrific. It, yeah. it is, and and so it's re- they're really popping up everywhere around here, and I really want to see that. But uh, you know, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, Pam, if we could talk a little bit more about jobs that might be able to be available for our children sure. today, um, we'll be right back with Pam Farrell. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. ReadyZorb Glutathione is proud to support the Betsy Hicks radio program. Glutathione is essential for human health. It protects cells from oxidative stress and supports the body's removal of toxins. It enhances immune function. Glutathione is one of the body's ways of detoxifying itself. It protects our DNA. Glutathione is one of the most effective free radical scavengers. Autistic children are predisposed to low glutathione, which prevents them from detoxifying normally. ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione is an oral dietary supplement that was formulated by a physician for his own patients. Each teaspoon contains over 400 milligrams of glutathione. The ingredients are pure and chemical-free, and there's no sodium benzoate in ReadySorb Glutathione. It's approved for use on the fine gold program. Ask your doctor about ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione and read more about us at www.redisorb.com. That's R-E-A-D-I-S-O-R-B dot com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program, here's Betsy. I am back with Pam Farrow. She is a wonderful nurse practitioner who's helping us so much to um, learn about where where we're going with autism as far as um, jobs as well as this wonderful center that she is setting up in Massachusetts to help families be able to go for kind of a one-shop 
stop, one-stop shop to be able to get all the types of information and, and, and help support them as well, too. And, Pam, I do want to talk more about that, but we were on a subject that um, I want to make sure and, and can finish, and that's I was talking about organic farming and how, what a great position I think that is for so many of these kids. But tell me about some of the other jobs that they're trying to get in place, because I think there's a lot of employers out there like myself who would gladly hire somebody, um, but they, they need to know where do these kids fit the best. Right, yeah. I think that, um, you know, that's our first goal is to provide the opportunities for adults with autism to expand their interest and develop independence. And I think that currently what happens is after high school, for kids graduating high school, boom, that's it. Their learning supposed to stop. And uh, so I think that there needs to be something before employment, and that's uh, where the Goshold Center will come in is sort of the employment preparedness. So we will initially start with organic gardening and farming because that is a way that the farm can uh, hopefully sustain itself, but all sorts of jobs. So, of course, there will be accounting and uh, landscaping and every every job that you need in order to sustain a 50-acre farm um, with the ability. I mean, we're... The families that have young children that will be on site for a week, that creates a whole other host of jobs, including uh, cooking and delivery um, and ordering food on the Internet, wherever that uh, particular child is skilled. What we're hoping to do, and this won't happen for, for several years, is identify children when they're still in high school and develop a transitional program for them. So we get to really know that child at high school, and that way you, you develop sort of a life plan for that child. What is the um, ultimate goal, and what are that child's interests? Because then that helps you direct uh, their academics, and that helps you direct to figure out where um, where the Gottschall Center, if that will be the place, can fit for that particular child. Yes, that, that is great. So and we envision not just farming. I'm, yeah, the machine repair piece is, is big as well, too. I mean, that's right. we're coming such a machine-dominant um, country, and yet we have nobody to fix half of what we're creating. That's right. So there, there, there are so many wonderful opportunities in it. And I think when – I'll tell you, Pam, as somebody who does a lot of hiring for my clinic, I, I everybody needs these classes. Everybody needs these classes because right. it amazes me – in school in general, how little we are preparing students for just basically doing a basic job other than Walmart. <laughs> you know, it's just, right. it, it, when, when I call back some of these people and they have zero phone skills, and, right. you know, our kids may, may sound somewhat robotic when they right. speak, but at least they, they're polite, they're courteous, yes. they don't, chomp on gum as they're trying to talk. Right. They don't have right. these, these goofy voicemail messages. I mean, half right. the people I call back, I get their voicemail messages. I never even get to talking <laughs> to them. I'm like, I, if that's your message, I wouldn't even consider hiring you to begin with. Right. So, um, so this is this is wonderful training, and, and they are going to excel because of it, and it's such a wonderful thing that you're doing with this. 
Um, and and tell me about what's what do you think the responses of the colleges and universities are going to be? Because this is a, a you know this is a lot of kids that are coming up. up right. Up well, that. I think the smart colleges will jump on board, of course, because that provides them um, with you know additional. Uh, funding, you know, sure. and uh, uh, resources for their college. Um, but I think the initial, um, you know, sort of academic world is not uh, is not looking upon this favorably. However, in Massachusetts, uh, I can't talk about the individual colleges yet, uh, but there are two colleges who are sort of opening their arms. You know, the smart people and the business people uh, will welcome it. Uh, but like anything else, it's it takes a couple of people to do it because nobody wants to do the initial work of figuring out how do you modify a college curriculum and what does that mean in terms of uh, credits for that particular yeah, course. I can understand. In this area, uh, there are already people with developmental disabilities taking uh, college courses, uh, but um, they do not receive credit, and there's no real uh, provisions for modifications. What um, the Autism Higher Education Foundation is doing is setting up very specific protocols for, you know, for modification and relationships. There'll be full teams of people. Um, This October it'll start and there have been, um, I believe, eight children identified. But within, with those eight children, um, they have full teams of people around them. <laughs> so it's just the start of yeah. it. But I think this is, you know, just forging the path for the generations to come that, you know, hopefully in a few years a child with autism is graduating from college knows that they have the option um, to go to certain universities. Um, and why not, right? If you can't see, you can go to college. If you're in a wheelchair, you can go to college. Exactly. So actually it's a civil rights issue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now let's talk about housing because, um, uh, you know, in, yeah. in general, as of course, right now we're in this huge housing crunch. But right. um, it, it, to be able to afford, to be able to, um, and and we yes, there's different levels of this of the spectrum, and it doesn't really matter where you're on on it. But your ability to be able to care for yourself is definitely, I'm sure, is a concern for many different parents. Right. Um, and are are more group homes popping up, or what what are you seeing with that? Well, we plan. I think one of the biggest problems that I've seen, and again, you know, like I said, I grew up in the field, and so um, I know it at an intimate level. I used to be. Uh, professional staff and then a supervisor for a pretty big agency that serviced uh, adults with developmental disabilities. So I really know the workings of an agency. And um, from what, you know, my experience has been, uh, there's a huge issue that the Gottschalk Center is going to take on, and that is uh, the education of staffing. Uh, Many folks who work with people with developmental disabilities do not understand the communication styles of people with autism. Okay. And so what we usually see is not great situations that, number one, you have a staff person who's not educated about uh, the communication styles. And so, you know, I see it as what always pops into my mind is that, especially in the adult population, this is a population of people who are so misunderstood. And so our first goal needs to be to uh, develop uh, uh, professional staff 
who, um, you know, they require a special kind of uh, flexibility and um, that people who work on our site uh, are going to know people with autism intimately (laughs) and they know the communication styles because, you know, our belief is that learning only takes place within a relationship. And so what we don't want to see is what uh, we see now is that what you really have is babysitters. You know, what I, who I see that staff as being, which is going to be um, a, another huge population, are, are the siblings of these kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they uh, and, uh, do you have other children other than your son? I do, yes. And the, my daughters are just, you know, they're born therapists. And they're, right. And right. I see this all the time with, this, right. with these siblings. And they're, they're the ones that are really, you know, because we're, we're getting older and, and we're, get, we're getting tireder. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, our, our, our little activist stance 20 years ago was, or 10 years ago was a little different, at least for me, than it was, than it is now. And I think, um, but, but my daughters, man, they're, they're going to take over where I left off. Right. Right. Because they they have seen what the suffering my son has done, and they are so protective. And now it's very fascinating because I just recently um, integrated my son. He was at a special ed school, and now he's um, integrated in a, in a regular high school. And um, he's not overly verbal. He's not very verbal, so that it makes it challenging for him for me to know what's going on. Right. And so... Mm-hmm. Mia, his twin, his twin sister, um, rides the bus with him now, mm-hmm. and she she really stands up to these kids and you know who have questions, but she also recognizes the fact they're they're just interested. They just want right. to know what what this is about, because she says once they're starting to learn, this generation of kids is starting to l- learn and not be so afraid of it. They are so much more patient and tolerable than our generation. Absolutely, they. I see that all the time. Yeah. And I mean, it's so funny that you mentioned siblings because at one of our board meetings, you know, we we're talking about either the staffing issues that we see and, you know, may, that maybe we'll face one day. And um, one of the board members said, well, I mean, we just need to hire siblings. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and so we thought, oh, okay. That's a great answer. <laughs> but, I mean, that, that, will be, that will be a big job is to figure out um, uh, and, you know, we'll need some people to help us. Uh, figure out, of course, most of us have good intuition, um, but we need some sort of formal, uh, you know, intense um, program that will be able to choose people who have positive energy and can work within a relationship and have mutual respect, right? Because from what we see, it's few and far between. I mean, any family that has to do when you get a great teacher when your child's young, you're jumping up and down and screaming from the rooftops because that's not that's not common. And yeah. it's the same for, for staffing. I think once people understand the communication styles of people with autism and have that mutual respect for their intelligence, it turns that whole relationship around. That's right. Oh, Pam, you're wonderful. Great points. We're going to take another quick break. We'll be right back with okay, Pam Okay, A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. 
More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. ReadyZorb Glutathione is proud to support the Betsy Hicks radio program. Glutathione is essential for human health. It protects cells from oxidative stress and supports the body's removal of toxins. It enhances immune function. Glutathione is one of the body's ways of detoxifying itself. It protects our DNA. Glutathione is one of the most effective free radical scavengers. Autistic children are predisposed to low glutathione, which prevents them from detoxifying. Normally, ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione is an oral dietary supplement that was formulated by a physician for his own patients. Each teaspoon contains over 400 milligrams of glutathione. The ingredients are pure and chemical-free, and there's no sodium benzoate in ReadySorb Glutathione. It's approved for use on the Fine Gold program. Ask your doctor about ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione and read more about us at www.redisorb.com. That's R-E-A-D-I-S-O-R-B dot com. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program, here's Betsy. I am back with the wonderful Pam Farrell, and we're talking today about um, adults with autism and our children becoming adults with autism and, and their jobs and their housing and all these other great pieces. And Pam is putting together a wonderful center in Massachusetts where it's going to be also a wonderful support to new families as well. And um, I, I would like to talk more about that center now because we haven't had too much time to talk about it and, and some of your dreams and hopes. And I, and I think I love some. You know, I have to tell you, when I, I'm a diet counselor, and that's actually how I met my husband, was um, I was doing diet counseling, so he asked me to counsel his patients. And um, so I've been doing this for a lot of years, and the one thing I consistently hear from people is, I just wish there was a place for a year, for a week I could just go and kind of like detox and get him off all the cruddy food that he eats all the time. And, and th- this piece of it, the, the food part of it, is going to be huge. Yes. When I just spoke at this last conference, I was telling you about that, um, you know, parents were literally following me around saying, how do I begin? Yes. I have a child that eats two foods. I mean, how do I start? And, you know, one of the things that we're considering, because it's going to take us probably, you know, a good year and a half to get, to get up and running, um, and that's being optimistic, 
uh, one of the things that we're considering is renting um, a local cottage uh, because I did meet families at uh, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, that were saying, um, you know, can you open tomorrow? And most sure. of the kids are living on, I mean, I met families that the children are living on Cheetos at pretzels, and that's oh, it. Um, so providing no, you know, real nutrition for the child's brain. And it's amazing uh, to see um, the growth in children, you know, once they feed their brain. You know, and I had the good fortune of meeting and then getting to travel with Elaine Goschel, who taught me more in two years. I mean, it was embarrassing, really, that uh, I had been in practice for many years, and she taught me more in two years about the gastrointestinal, really the pathology of the gastrointestinal system than I had learned, you know, 20 as a nurse. Wow. Wow. So we had the good fortune, and of course, you know, she passed away a couple of years ago, so I felt that we really needed to honor her uh, because she was a person who worked for 50 years to try and get people to understand um, that people can do better. And lots of illnesses are rooted in the gastrointestinal uh, system, mm-hmm. and uh, that surgery is probably not the answer. Surgery and taking drugs that um, people need to pay attention to what they're putting in their mouth. Right. Um, and although, you know, we were implementing a specialized diet at that time at our practice, um, many families were still, uh, and this is what I focused on at the last conference, is that many families were still giving their kids uh, gluten-free, casein-free junk food diet. You know, they've switched from, uh, you know, the American junk food diet to... Yeah. Um, well, Skittles. That's, that's the one that always kills me. Yeah, Skittles. Skittles are yeah. gluten and casein-free. It's like, you are so missing the point. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, I really had uh, parents, you know, uh, approach me and very honest about... Uh, we thought it was okay, you know, yeah. just because the food was gluten and casein-free. Sure. You know, my child's living off of brownies and uh, whatever a gluten-free right. Cheeto is. I mean, that's what they were living off of. Yeah, Susan, my friend Susan Vest and I are, are speaking at the Autism One <laughs> conference, and, and we, in the past we've talked, we've always been asked to speak on implementing the gluten and casein-free diet. And this year we said we're changing our title to nutrition and the gluten and casein-free diet. Oh, good. Because yeah. it's just, it's, it's, it, it cannot go it has to go hand in hand and right. we're also going to be doing um at the culinary health day which is the uh wednesday before the conference starts it's a full day from five o'clock in the excuse me from eight o'clock in the morning to five o'clock in the evening of um gluten casein and there's a lot of scd in, involved with it as well too all different types of recipes um as well as just general nutrition and, and understanding the importance of vegetables and um that we'll be we'll be doing a full day conference a teaching class on that so i recommend for people to attend that because they'll learn a lot about how to prepare meals and things yeah. like that yes um, i had um uh, they, we had a lot of people uh, respond to a slide that I showed that the title was The Disastrous Application of the Gluten and Casein-Free Diet. <laughs> and people really responded to that because many families who go online and try dietary interventions do exactly that. Yeah. Well, the, the, you know, my analogy in this is, and, and you know that my stance on chelation is is not one of, I mean, Obviously, in the true definition of chelation, which is the removal of heavy metals, I'm all obviously for that. But in the autism definition of chelation, which involves DMSA and DMPS and ETA, those sorts of things, I'm not on board with. Yeah. And and but what 
I see the exceptional irony in it all is these parents that spend thousands and stress their children's bodies to the very end to do some of these chemical-based chelations, and then they're giving them like the Skittles every day. Right. It's like they're putting in more toxins than they're actually taking out. Right. And and once again, I my criticism is not towards the parents because this is not the parents' fault. They are the. This is this is a generation that has been raised by that has been taught that our doctors know about nutrition when they don't and that we should be getting our, you know, advice for nutrition from our medical doctors who have absolutely no training unless they're doing it on their own That's right. in nutrition. <laughs> That's right. And so, so, so what are they saying? Uh, you know, let's face it, doctors have egos, and I'm married to a doctor who's got a very, very good, I mean, I'm, I'm very blessed. <laughs> but he he did when I first met him, and they have their egos. And, and if they don't know something, rather than say, well, here's some inform- place where you get information, they'll just say it doesn't work as opposed to, um, you know, may- maybe I just don't know about it, so maybe it's just something I don't know about because they're not taught that. These doctors are taught that nutrition doesn't matter, that there are drugs and that the body compensates for all of that. Right. You know, I, I find it especially frustrating um, for for families who then uh, dump lots of money in seeing, um, you know, holistic physicians or um, defeat autism now practitioners, um, because I think that they have an obligation uh, to spend the first two hours talking to families about diet. I mean, that's not what usually happens. Yeah. Um, and I agree with you that um, lots of these kids are being poked and prodded without anybody, because I see children that have come from other practices, yeah. and um, they didn't get any initial consultation about healing the gastrointestinal system. Now, I don't know if that happens in other areas, but I know it does happen in Massachusetts. So, <clears throat> And I think that that needs to be known, and, and uh, physicians who are, uh, and nurses who are practicing treating children uh, do have an obligation to spend, whether that's getting a nurse or a dietitian or somebody who knows about uh, nutrition into their practice, to spend the first session talking about foods. Yeah. Families chase their tail for years doing all sorts of high-level uh, treatments without addressing um, the GI issues. It's exactly right, and and just to be and 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 in defense of the physicians, because as 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 um you know in in operating our clinic, the 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 hardest part about it is the amount of time and and I'm not criticizing this, but the amount of hand holding that is involved when you're trying to get somebody implementing on 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 a special diet, right, and. We have a staff to pay, so obviously we have to charge for that, and it gets it gets expensive on both ends because at a certain point, you know, you certainly want to. Every time they have a single question, you're not going to charge them for it, so you have to have a support staff there right. to answer their basic questions, and that gets expensive for the staff, and then the, for the parents, it does get expensive because they're having to pay for every question, you know, for for advice. Right, and so it really is. It's a stress on both sides of the situation. However, um, the diet, there's no, and, and my husband will say this to the very end, he'll say, if you don't pay any attention to the diet, there's very little we can do to help. Right, right. Uh, and and so they they have to own into that. And, um, and I agree. Are, I, I don't think you, do, you can help everybody. I think, you know, in our practice, we're a little bit more firm about, you know, when people come in and say, sure. uh, this takes some work. 
and if you can't do it, we can't help. We have a waiting list, so you have to be on board, and, and we'll help you. Uh, but I think the things that you're doing, like Autism One and, and showing people, right. I think once people see that, because we've done a food, a few uh, food uh, shows in, in this area, cooking demonstrations, and, boy, there's nothing like the real visual for families who are overloaded, saying, come and see, and we're going to cook all these foods, um, and kids will expand their diet as soon as you take starch out. Yes. Um, and, and it works. But, yeah, I mean, there is this complicated sort of financial thing that goes along with it. And, they and that's don't, why the Gottschalt Center, you know, getting families there for a week and applying all of that, you know, education right there while they're there in a, in a relaxed environment. You know, um, it's it, another part of this, and, and I'm really not, my my intention is not to be playing, playing any type of a blame game. It's just mostly, it's, it's really what I'm trying to do is relieve this um, guilt from the parents that they don't know better because they... It's not their fault that they were not trained in all of this, and they're being thrown into it. But one of the other areas is is in cooking, and I do a lot of cooking classes, and I teach a lot of cooking classes. And um, Pam, I know you'll appreciate this comment. This is one of my my very favorite all time comments. And uh, I was teaching a class, and I was telling people about how much more affordable it is when you buy a whole chicken versus buying it cut up. And the the girl just the women just a couple of them just looked at me so incredibly perplexed, and they're like, "A whole chicken? You mean like a rotisserie?" And I, I said, "Well, yeah, like a, a, a chicken that's raw and it's whole, and it's whole." And she looked at me again. She's like, "You know, like they sell." In, she says, "Like they sell in the grocery store that are the rotisserie chickens." I'm like, "Yeah, but it's raw." And the lady next to her said, "It's like a turkey, only smaller." <laughs> Yes. And I love yep. that because yes. it's like, you know, it's so funny. My daughter has home ec class, and I always say, let me come in and teach these kids how to roast a right. chicken. That's right. And they, she laughed at me. They're like, they're not going to learn. They don't want to know how to roast a chicken. I'm right. like, it's a basic fundamental thing right. to do. But, they, but uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to interrupt you because I know you have some amazing things to say, but we have to go to another break. Okay. This is our last break. So let's let's take our last break, and then when we get back, please, I want to hear your comments about cooking and, and okay. how, you, how you work to help teach people about sure. whole foods, foods that are completely whole. We'll be right back with the wonderful Pam Farrow. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. ReadyZorb Glutathione is proud to support the Betsy Hicks radio program. Glutathione is essential for human health. It protects cells from oxidative stress and supports the body's removal of toxins. It enhances immune function. Glutathione is one of the body's ways of detoxifying itself. It protects our DNA. Glutathione is one of the most effective free radical scavengers. Autistic children are predisposed to low glutathione, which prevents them from detoxifying 
detoxifying normally. ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione is an oral dietary supplement that was formulated by a physician for his own patients. Each teaspoon contains over 400 milligrams of glutathione. The ingredients are pure and chemical-free, and there's no sodium benzoate in ReadySorb Glutathione. It's approved for use on the Fine Gold Program. Ask your doctor about ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione and read more about us at www.redisorb.com. That's R-E-A-D-I-S-O-R-B.com. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Betsy. We are back with Pam Farrow. Boy, Pam, I've having such a good time talking to you. The time is flying like crazy. So this is our last piece. I'd love to hear some more from you about your beliefs on food. Yes. Uh, I'd actually just like to tell you a quick story because I think it may be helpful to many families. I recently uh, had a friend uh, who wanted to learn about the specific carbohydrate diet uh, because she was interested in her own health. And um, she came uh, to my home, and we did some cooking together. And because uh, she didn't have a lot of time to cook, she went home and told her three children uh, that they couldn't eat her food, that she was trying to do something for herself, and that this was her food, um, and they could have everything else, but they could not touch her stuff. And so what do you think happened? They wanted wanted her food. She later then let them have the food, but then these are kids who wanted to be on a specialized diet because they wanted, um, you know, to feel healthy and to, uh, their mom was having some changes in her appearance and, you know, in her moods and all those sorts of things, and they wanted to feel that. So I, I thought that that was such a wonderful thing to learn, you know, some sort of psychology of families who are having a hard time, you know, getting their children to eat, that it should sort of be this natural process. And, of course, the families, the parents have to use themselves as a role model. You know, I'm doing this. That's that's good for me. And I'll, I'll um, often recommend, you know, actually I always recommend that the families um, eat the specialized uh, diet as well. Um, so yeah, the food is a main issue, and I think that uh, we are so – this is a whole generation, you know, myself included, of uh, – people, you know, raised in the 60s and 70s, that we became very disconnected to what's being put in our mouth yeah. um, and the way we uh, initially raised our children. 
Um, I, I think that that, what is the name of that video, um, the guy that eats all that McDonald's and oh, vomits? Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, 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 oh, my gosh. I super size. Yeah, super size. Yeah. 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 Right. Now, I think that that was a terrific movie for teenagers. Right. Because the teenagers that are around now um, don't have, I mean, they are very, very disconnected to uh, food, and I think one of the best jobs that you can encourage a teenager to get is to work on an organic garden where they could get the idea of working with their hands and planting seeds and then transplanting and harvesting Mm -hmm. and then selling at a farmer's market. This is what you're supposed to put in your body, and a lot of effort goes into that. There's energy in everything, including food. Well, we need to get into these schools and start teaching them how good vegetables can potentially taste. Right. And because I, people say, oh, kids don't like your vegetables, kids don't like vegetables. You know what? I wouldn't eat a conventional, conventional vegetable either. I don't like the way they taste either. There's no flavor in them because they're grown with nitrogen. Right. And it's like you, you need to um, start exposing them to the fact that vegetables can taste good because when you know, my, my daughter's friends who don't eat vegetables at home come to my house, they'll eat vegetables. Right. Of course, I force them. But... Right. And and they know they can't even come into my house if they don't. But regardless, they they do like the way they taste when they are organic in so many different respects. So, um, and 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 it's got to start with home ec. And and I am very frustrated with this because the school says, well, we don't have the budget for healthy foods. Mm -hmm. Um, But but you know what? They're not even giving them food. I mean, that's that's what I tell people when they say these foods. Their children are only eating five foods, and of course, they tell me the foods that their children are eating. I'm like, those aren't even foods. Right. Those are those are chemicals with calories. Right. And you know, and my my always my comment is when they say, well, if I take my child off these foods, they'll starve. And I'm like, your child already is starving. I mean, they might be getting chemicals, but nutritionally, they're completely starving on right. these foods. So it it really becomes a priority um, issue, and. I was in both worlds. I was with the pickiest Eve eaters feeling like I had no other choices other than to let my son eat cereal all day long, and I'm in a different world now. And I respect all positions, and I want to take every mother that's struggling with this and hug them and say, it's okay, you're doing the best you can, let us help you get better. And and take it baby step every day instead of hearing stuff like this. And, you know, they hear the... All the criteria for SCD or all the criteria for GFCF, and they think, oh, that's so overwhelming. There's mm-hmm. no way I'm going to ever do that. Mm-hmm. But if they can just take pieces of it every day to the point where all of a sudden it's not so scary and not so afraid. But what you said, I mean, excuse me, what you what you had said when you were talking, Pam, about the, um, uh, the, the our generation is that our our generation of moms are so sick themselves, right? That they're also addicted so much to the carbs that they, it's, it's this guilt. Oh my gosh, I couldn't take a carb away from my child because I couldn't take a carb away from myself. That's right. And, and if, um, from what I've seen in my practice and, uh, Dr. Natasha, uh, Campbell McBride's book, uh, The Gut and Psychology Syndrome, um, you know, what she's saying in there, I mean, really made me pay attention because what she's saying is, uh, what she's saying, and, and I've only tested uh, a little bit more than a handful of uh, moms in my practice, uh, but across the board they come back positive to an overgrowth in yeast sure. uh, and um, pathogens. And uh, Dr. McBride was the first one to say, you know, this is a generation of women who were exposed 
uh, to antibiotics, who did eat processed foods, and who took oral contraceptives, which are devastated to the gastrointestinal flora. So the the mom themselves is, you know, a craving. And even though, you know, you have plenty of mothers who uh, seem healthy, and especially the, you know, younger moms and their runners or whatever, but that doesn't say anything about what's happening in, in the gastrointestinal system. Exactly. And many of them, I do believe, have abnormal flora. Um, and so going, you know, on the specific carbohydrate diet addresses those issues for the mom. I mean, I always tell families that I find the best combination is that the uh, mom tries it first and really gets her, you know, uh, really gets some uh, experience cooking and that they try a real sort of natural way of introducing the diet and sort of an old-fashioned approach. I don't know if you've ever fasted, but if you've ever fasted and then had the opportunity to eat an apple, that apple tastes like the best thing you've ever oh, eaten. Oh, totally, yes. Right? And so if kids are exposed to all this junk all the time and you put it away and they don't they don't eat for two days, great, they're detoxing. I mean, I never have sort of an urgent reaction to that. I say, great, let them detox, give them pl- plenty of fluids, and just out of this old-fashioned approach to it. Um, there's food on the table, honey, if you want to eat it. Of course, you, you have to do the work and make sure that there's plenty of, you know, stocked foods that are sort of, you know, in FED terms, they call it legal or not legal, uh, you know, plenty of foods around that are, are good for them, but sort of having this old-fashioned response to um, the foods there if you want to eat it um, and not chasing children around with food, take a bite, take a bite, take a bite kind of thing. I mean, our kids, I think, um, don't do well under pressure. Um, and I think that they're very intuitive kids because a lot of the children can't speak. And I think when you can't speak, you have to use your other senses. And That's they can true. feel anxiety and they can feel ambivalent, ambivalent right. probably right. more than typically developing kids. Exactly. When you're throwing it, you're, at, you're asking them to eat it, but you're thinking, I would never touch even right. Um Pam, we don't have a lot of time left, so I want to make sure you give some of your information out. Let me sure. let, let everybody know websites and ways to reach you. Um, I, I know that your practice is very full, but yes. um, but if you want to have other ways of how to get information about the center sure. that you're putting together. Um, the the Gottschalt Center is a $15 million project, and so we're especially interested in um, in help. Uh, so if anybody has any special skills to offer us, they can reach us at www.gottschultcenter.com, and that's G O T T S C H A L L center.com. Um, you know, like I said, we have a fabulous board of directors, and of course, the wonderful Wendy Fornia, who's the president of NAA. She's designed our beautiful website. So there's families of children with autism sort of coming together for this project because, of course, we hope uh, that it will become a national model of how to treat and nurture and enrich the lives of, of people with autism. So if people have any special gifts or would like to volunteer or become part of a committee, uh, we would more than welcome um, that. We Great. are well, having for people who um, live in Massachusetts. You oh, can come on that's okay. That's all right. That's fine. Yeah, they can go and, and get some more volunteer hours in there. Thank you very much, Pam, for joining me today. I, you're, you're very welcome. Thanks for the opportunity for me to talk about the Godchild Center. It's been a pleasure. We'll be with, back with you next week, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye.
To contact Betsy or get more information, visit AutismOne.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks.